0: During the rule of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was a descendant of Aaron. And they were both righteous before God, blameless in their observance of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to become pregnant, and they were both very old. One day... Zechariah was serving as a priest before God because his priestly division was on duty. And following the customs of priestly service, he was chosen by lottery to go into the Lord's sanctuary and to burn incense. And all the people who gathered to worship were praying outside during this hour of incense offering. An angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw the angel, he was startled and he was overcome with fear. And the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayers have been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give birth to your son. You must name him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you. And many people will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the Lord's eyes. He must not drink wine or liquor. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. He will bring many Israelites back to the Lord their God. He will go forth before the Lord, equipped with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will turn the hearts of fathers back to their children. He will turn the disobedient to righteous patterns of thinking. He will make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said, and I'm paraphrasing, this sounds too good to be true. How can I be sure of this? My wife and I are very old. And the angel replied, I am Gabriel, I stand in God's presence, I was sent to speak to you and to bring this good news to you. Know this, what I have spoken will come true at the proper time, but because you didn't believe, you will remain silent, unable to speak until the day when these things happen. This is God's word for us this morning. He may be seated. Now, would it be good news or bad news this morning? Let's play good news or bad news. Would it be good news if I stood up here this morning and I said to you, I said, hey, guess what? I've got some news for you. I think it's good news. I've got some news for you. Every penny that you owe someone else all of your debt canceled erased today good news or bad news yeah good news y'all don't act like it's good news would it be good news or bad news to you this morning if i stood up here and i said hey i've got i've got news for you i've got news for you now If you have a record, if there's something under your name when the officer pulls up your information, if you have priors, if you, for the rest of your life, will have consequences because of decisions that you made in your younger years, listen, you've been set free. All of that has been erased. And that, has happened today? Good news or bad news? Don't answer because then you're going to admit you've got a record. What if I said to you and you were a prisoner or you were a slave? What if I said to you, I stood up and I opened up a portion of Scripture and I said, hey, I've got news for you. Today, all of you who can hear my voice, today, today, This day, you have been set free and you've been released. And nobody owes you anymore. You don't belong to anybody else because you've been set free. That, That would be really, really good news. Now here's the crazy thing. What you're thinking is, all of that sounds way too good to be true. But all of that is exactly the kind of good news that Jesus came to bring into this world. And one day, in Luke chapter 4, three chapters later than the story we read this morning, one day Jesus shows up at the temple. And there, he unrolls a portion of the scroll. And he reads from Isaiah chapter 61, where it says, The Spirit of the Lord has come upon me. And he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. To release... And to recovery of sight to the blind. To release for the prisoners. To the year of Jubilee. And then he adds to the prophet's words this line. All of that has been fulfilled today. Today. Which essentially Jesus was saying is that unbelievable, way too good to be true news All of that is happening today through me and through my ministry. Good news is what the ministry of Jesus was all about. If you you remember, we're basing our Advent or our Christmas sermon series here in the Sundays of December around the pronouncement, the announcement that the angels said to the shepherds to announce the birth of Jesus They said this simple line, don't be afraid, that was last week, we're bringing good news of great joy for all people. When Jesus, when God's arrival into the world is announced, it's it's, it's announced as, hey, y'all don't need to be afraid of anything, and we've got some really good news for you. Luke chapter 1, the passage of scripture that we just read this morning, is the first time in the entire Gospels, where the word good news is mentioned. And it's linked to the expectation of the arrival of God into this world. Today I want to talk to you about what is at the heartbeat of the Gospel of of, of Jesus. Good news. Good news. And I want to talk about two aspects of good news. And the first is this. It's only good news if it's out of our control. It's only good news if it's out of our control. It's only good news if we don't have the power or the ability to get it done on our own. If we're at someone else's mercy or we're at the mercy of circumstances and it was turned into our favor, that's good news. Like if we expected it or if we earned it and we and it was the reward of our effort or if we accomplished it and because we accomplished it it was given to us if it's any of those things then it's not good news it might be good but it's not news let's say you were training for a race you're a runner now for some of you that's a really a big stretch of your imagination for others of you you're like yeah i'm gonna go run eight this afternoon let's say that you were a runner right And let's say that you were training, and you were training, and you had a goal in your mind. The next time you hit the track, or you ran the race, or you did the timed event, or whatever, you wanted a new personal best. You wanted to set a new personal record. And so you train, you train, you train. The time time comes of the race where you're going to be timed. And, you know, they they start the thing, and you time it. Because you're a runner and you got a watch. What kind of a runner doesn't have a watch? So you time that thing, and you're running, and you notice your pace. You're tracking your pace. You're on pace to beat your personal best. You cross the finish line, and you did it. You beat your per- You see it, right? You see it happening. You have accomplished your goal. Now, it would be really odd, right, if someone came up to you and, they, and like, let's say the race director or something. Someone came up to you and they're like, hey, I've got great news for you. I've got good news for you. You, you set your own PR. And, and that's, that's personal record for those of you who, who, are not, who don't speak runner lingo. You set your, your new PR. And are you PR'd? You PR'd. And, and you would say back to them, yeah, I already know that. I know that. See, that's good, but it's not news. Because you did it. If you did it, it might be good, but it's not news. Or if you really wanted to, in your job, you really wanted to qualify for that sales bonus. And so you worked, and you tracked it, and you worked, and you tracked it, and you knew, you hit the mark. And your boss comes up to you, and your boss says, hey, good news, you qualify. And you would say, yeah, I know, I I did it. That's good, but it's not news. Good news, the kind that Jesus came to bring into this world, isn't something that we can achieve. It's not something we can earn. It's only something that can be received. And for that reason, The good news that Jesus brings into the world is always linked to the reaction of joy. It's a celebration. It's joyful. Think about when you received the best news you've ever received. The best news that you didn't accomplish or earn on your own. The best reversal of fortune. The best something that was way out of your expectation or anticipation. I mean, complete Surprise, but it was good. I mean, that's joy, that's excitement, that's celebration. I remember a couple years ago when we were trying to build this building. Here's a little inside story. I don't know if we've I've ever shared this publicly. We were trying to expand uh, and to finish this part of our facility. Um, We realized the building team they 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 realized this. They told me about it. They realized that in order to do that. Our, our facility was going to need to be supplied with a different kind of electricity. Now, I'm one of those kind of uh, uh, dummies who didn't realize that there's different kinds of electricity. But we needed a different kind of electricity. We only had one kind of electricity. We needed a different kind of electricity. In order to get that different kind of electricity, it was going to have to come all the way from State Road 26, go underground. We were going to have to pay for all of that. We were prepared to do that. But the big catch was is that it was going to have to cross some people's property. And we needed some people to give us what they call an easement. Which basically says to the utility company, yeah, you can, you can put your line. You can put your line. So we began that whole thing. A couple people that we needed to say, come on, yeah, if you're going to put the, I don't care. You can put the power thing through my property, no big deal, right? We didn't anticipate it was going to be much of a problem. A couple of people said, yeah, no problem. But there was one person, and we had to have it. There was one person. They weren't going to say yes. They weren't going to do it. And we explained to them, this isn't going to cost you anything. We're paying for everything. Listen, we'll put it in writing, and we'll guarantee that we will return any damage done to your property back to the original condition. You know what? We'll even make it better. We'll even make it better. We just need... We need this. And they weren't going to do it. And so we had this meeting of the minds. We, we had people from the building team, and our contractor was there, and, and the person who was going to say no, and then our building is supplied by Duke Energy. They were there, and it was this whole, this whole meeting thing so that Duke could explain exactly what they were going to do. And I thought that was going to be, everybody would understand, no big deal. But they weren't going to do it. And I remember leaving that meeting. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness. Like, we can't do this. We'll never be able to expand unless this person says yes. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, another, another power company entirely, so this is Duke, and Tipmont's around here somewhere, all of a sudden, Duke says to Tipmont, hey, they got, they got this project, and there's this person who's not going to let them do it. Do you think you'd, Tipmont, you'd be, and Tipmont gave us a call. And they said, you know what, we'll do it. And it's going to cost you $30,000 less <laughs> than if Duke would do it. And when I got that phone call, when the building team got that phone call, man, the people who serve on the building team, you know, they're, they're tough guys and stuff, but boy, I felt like giving a big old kiss on the mouth. <laughs> It was joy. It was joy. That's what good news does. Because it's not what you expected. It's not what you anticipated. If you go to the doctor and there's a growth and you're really expecting, and even the doctors are expecting, that that thing's cancerous. And so they do the needle biopsy and they come back to you with the news. You know what? It's benign. That's good news. And that produces joy. Or if you've been trying to be pregnant for years, and every month is like another reminder. And then one day, there's the two lines. That's joy. That's joy. Good news is something that's out of your control. It turns in your favor. And you can't achieve it on your own. You can only receive it. That's the first part of good news. The second part of good news is this. It's only good when you expect bad news. It's only good when it's bad news that you expected. In fact, the more certain you are that it's going to be bad news and then it is good news, the better the good news is. It's only. Because we might not have been able to receive electricity. That it was good news when we got the news that we received. I mean, it didn't look good. Because that growth could have been cancerous. It's the bad news that makes the good news really, really good. And this is the problem. When we talk about good news in our culture, when we talk about good news in our world, in order to really understand it, we first have to understand the bad news. But we really don't think there's that much bad news around. In fact, we kind of think we live in a pretty good place. It's pretty good. Our life is pretty good. Which is why, for so many of us, when we start to believe in Jesus, it's not like we've received this incredibly too good news to be true. Because our, our, our lives, we already think, man... I'm I'm fine. I'm pretty good. I'm fairly happy. I mean, I'm open to a little bit of a Jesus supplement, maybe a pill that I could pop around Christmas or Easter that already makes my good life even better. It's like Jesus isn't good news. Jesus for us is icing on an already really good cake. But unless we understand the bad news, unless we appreciate just how bad it is, we can't appreciate just how good God is. There's this common theme of our culture, a common theme of the world that we live in. The theme is called progress or evolution. And the belief is that we're, we're getting better. Like a hundred years ago, it was really bad. A hundred years before that, it was even worse. But now it's a little bit better. It's a little bit better. We think we're becoming more loving, more... Generous, more politically correct, more environmentally right. Eventually, we believe we'll be able to cure what plagues us cancer and world hunger. And when we do that, when we get all that, then we're on the way to utopia. We're just getting a little bit better. We're just getting a little bit better. And listen, I don't like to be negative. And I don't want to rain on anyone's parade. I don't want to burst any bubbles here this morning. But unless we understand the bad news, we can never really understand the good news that God has come to bring. And the reality is, we're the world and and ourselves, humans, we are so much more messed up than I think we realize. The bad news is realistic news. We're not just basically good continuously evolving, people who are progressing, we're actually kind of in a dangerous spot. And the fact that we think we're pretty good is actually evidence of how messed up we actually are. The Bible has a word for this. The Bible says that we're sinners, that we're so far gone that we can't even save ourselves. Unless we understand the bad news, we'll never really understand and appreciate the good news. So you don't have to take my word on it. You don't even have to take the biblical word on it. You just have to look around. You have to look around. And we are, let's, let's be honest, we are making progress in some areas. And I thank God for that. Like, I thank God for that. And we need to continue to make progress in some areas. But if you look at the big picture, things are, are pretty much as they've always been pretty much as they've always been. I mean, the 20th century, the century that we just turned the clock on 20 years ago, the 20th century was this era of incredible scientific progress. Incredible scientific progress. But at the same time, as it was this unbelievable era of scientific progress, science was used to kill each other in increasingly rapid ways. In fact, 250 million people were killed in war in the 20th century. And that's more than all of the previous years in human history added together. I'm not sure we're really improving. I'm not sure we're really making progress. In the last 45 years, in the last 45 years, the distance between the richest 25% of people in the world and the poorest 25% of people in the world, the distance between them has grown by tenfold, ten times. It's tough to make the case that we're becoming more generous as humans. The average American gives a third of what they gave 50 years ago to charity. And globally, not just in America now, globally, the countries of the world spend hundreds of times more on ways to kill each other than we do on the ways to feed each other. Hundreds more, hundreds of times more, we spend on tools to harm one another than we do on food to feed each other, which means that 30,000 people, 30,000 children will die of starvation today while the nations of the world keep throwing money at things so that we can blow up each other better or that we can figure out if somebody wants to blow us up better. It's tough to argue that we're becoming wiser. We're better with technology, but I'm not sure that's actually producing wisdom. And we could look at issue after issue like that. And I don't want to rain on anybody's parade, but unless we understand the bad news, we'll never really appreciate the good news. And the reason why things have not fundamentally changed is because the root problem has never really been addressed. In fact, we're not even capable of addressing it on our own. And the root problem, the problem that causes the unraveling of it all, is that our relationship with our Heavenly Father was and is broken. The root problem is our broken relationship with God. We're alienated from God. And since we're, we're alienated from God and we have this broken relationship with God, we don't live rightly related and we don't live according to the way that God has always dreamed that people would live. So we live lives contrary to to our own nature. We live lives against the way that God created us to live. Which means we're in the process of living in a way that's actually destroying ourselves. And harming ourselves. And Jesus describes that direction. As we live in contradiction to the way that God has always intended that people would live. Jesus describes that Direction And the word that Jesus uses, is, or the, the image that he says, is that everything that doesn't live according to its purpose will ultimately end up in the garbage heap. And the word that Jesus uses when he talks about the garbage heap, the Jerusalem dump, is the word Gehenna. And what he's saying is that everything that isn't fit for life in Jerusalem everything that doesn't live according to the purpose of life in Jerusalem, well, what do people do? They throw that out. So if you have a piece of pottery in your house that you use to serve some water or maybe a platter of food, and that piece of pottery, because you have toddlers, is broken, well, what do you do with that broken piece of pottery? You throw it out into the garbage dump because it isn't living according to the purpose of life in Jerusalem. It doesn't have purpose. It's worthless. And because of that, You throw it out, and it's incinerated. And so Jesus is saying this. If our lives are not rightly related to God, and we aren't living in the way that God has intended for us to live, in fact, we're contradicting the purpose that God has given for for which we are made, when God sets up his new kingdom, well... We're worthless. We're worthless. And I'm sorry that I have to say that. But unless we understand how bad the news really is, we can't really appreciate the good news. But I've got some really good news for you. Really, really good news for you. And it, the news is nothing that we could expect. It's certainly nothing that we could ever achieve on our own. The news that I'm talking about is way better than learning that your church can be supplied with electricity, way better than discovering that a stock you took a flyer on years ago, like doubled 10x, way, lear- way better news than learning that it's benign. It's way better than learning even that you're going to have a child. It's the best news you could ever, ever, ever imagine. The news that the angels shared is this. While we abandoned God, God never abandoned us. While we rejected God, God never once rejected us. While we ran away from God, God ran toward us. God remained unwaveringly and steadfastly in love with us, so in love for us that he became one of us in the person of Jesus he was so in love with us that he died in solidarity with us. That he experienced estrangement from God in separation from hell with us. The good news is that we were destined for the garbage dump, but now we're destined to reign forever with him. The good news is that whereas I was once alienated from God, we now have this rightly arranged relationship where God lives in us and we live in him and we're learning and we're growing the good news is we're forgiven the good news is that Jesus set in motion this revolution whose essence is good news and will ultimately remake the whole world in God's image it's it's a revolution of the way that the world was always supposed to be and it will bring an end to all wars and into all oppression, and into all racism, and all hatred, and into all sickness, and into all death. Someday, someday, every knee will bow. And someday, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And he will reign forever, and ever, and ever. And the good news is that because of Jesus... We can live that way now. Now. Now listen. You just heard that. And if you're anything like Zechariah, you probably thought that's way too good to be true. That's way too good to be true. Here's Zechariah, who's married. And him and his wife have lived blameless, according to scripture, blameless before the Lord for decades. And they're old now. He's so committed to the work of God in this world. He lives as a farmer up in the hill country. And he comes down to serve in the temple. He takes a day's journey on foot to do this. This is how committed he is to the work of God in this world. But for their whole life, they've never been able to have a child. And they did everything right and nothing wrong. They were blameless before the Lord. And one day an angel shows up to him as he's performing his temple duty. And he's there serving the Lord. And an angel shows up and says, I've got news for you. Your wife is pregnant. She's going to give birth to a boy. And you're going to name him John. And your boy is going to be an incredible man. He's going to prepare the way for the savior of the world. That's what he's going to do. He's going to turn fathers back to their sons, many people of Israel back to the Lord. And you're Zechariah. And your biggest dreams died 30 years ago. You're old. And you're no dummy. You know how biology works. And you figured out anatomy and physiology. And you know that time has come and gone. And the angel says this word of good news. And so what Zechariah says back in return is kind of the same thing all of our hearts are saying when we hear what I just said about what God will do. We say, man, that's great, but it sounds way too good to be true. Way too good to be true. And when we don't believe the good news, like Zechariah didn't believe the good news, listen, church, good news is silenced in our life. It's silenced. When we don't believe it, he didn't believe it, and when we don't believe it, the same thing the angel said to Zechariah is, okay, you're you're quiet now. You're silenced. The good news is silenced in us. And there are so many people here today. There are people here today that when you hear this good news message of what God will do, that one day, no more sickness, no more death, all oppression, all evil, all hatred, all racism, all of that will be wiped away and God will rule forever and ever. When you hear that, you think, I don't know. I don't know. You kind of say, yeah, right. And I admit, it is hard to believe when we live in the world like we live in. It's hard to believe that God is winning. How is it possible, God, to turn this whole thing around, you say? And if we give in to that, like Zechariah, we pay a price. The good news is silenced. And because we're really not sure of it, we don't work to align our lives towards it. We don't live now like how it will one day be. Because we don't really believe that it will one day be like that. So we don't live that way now. We don't forgive. We don't love. We're not resilient. We're not steadfast. We don't give and share. Why? because we're not really convinced that's actually how it will be someday. It's too good to be true. It's too good to be true. But church, God, by his very nature, is way too good to be true. God, by his very nature, is way beyond what we could ever believe far exceeds what we could ever hope for or imagine. God, in God's very character, is beyond our imagination. Way too good to be true. If we're going to say, I can't really believe it because I can't believe it's just that good, then we'll never be able to believe the goodness of our Lord. So the angel shows up and says to Zechariah, and the angel shows up and says to some shepherds, And Jesus shows up in the temple and reads the scroll of Isaiah and everything they have to say is this. I've come to bring you good news. And then it becomes on us. Do we choose to believe that's true or not? If we do, If we orient our lives around the good news message of God, you know what happens? We become people who are like God. We become people who take God for who God says God is. And we begin to do the things that God says we should do because we really do believe that the most true thing on the face of the earth is the message of good news that God has come to bring. All debts forgiven. All sins forgiven. All prisoners and all those oppressed who have been released justice and mercy and compassion becomes the currency that we live and breathe and dwell on and we recognize that love is what ultimately wins today and someday forever because Jesus Christ is Lord. One day. And Jesus Christ is Lord of our life today. I got good news for you. It's way beyond your belief. You'll never believe it. It's way too good to be true. Here's the good news. Through Jesus, you can live, we can live together like he's Lord, not just someday, but today.